Welcome to the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. Gonna give it a minute or two. Try to see if my co-host uh, can pop in. Because he's somewhere up there. Let's see if he's sent me something. Nothing yet. Let's see here. Well, now I'm going live. Ah, needs the link. One second. Go ahead and uh, mute your mic, uh, Peter. You're uh, muted. I'm here. All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. My name is Will Hobson. I'm the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. Uh, everything I say on this podcast is not meant to be construed as the opinion or policy stance of the Libertarian Party of Oregon. I'm speaking as just your, an everyday libertarian. Uh, and joining me is Peter Vandenberg. Uh, he is one of my uh, co-conspirators uh, here in the Libertarian Party of Oregon, uh, and uh, Mises Caucus member like me, and yeah, f former board member. And uh, I think he's. Uh, are you are you transitioning over to the public policy board now? We're beginning the transition here shortly. I'm excited to express public policy for the Libertarian Party of Oregon, as we haven't, I don't know how long, but it's been too long. So uh, excited to uh, be all about this, like what the Libertarian Party of Oregon thinks on all the things that are happening here in the country. At least over a decade, I think is how long these bylaws have been in place that have essentially muzzled the party, kept it from uh, communicating to other people in Oregon who aren't libertarians what libertarianism stands for. And that was one of the biggest uh, the biggest things I heard from people as I was going around to different political events this last year was that they didn't know what libertarianism was or what it stood for. They had no idea what our policy stances were. And I think that's really that's really held us back and kept us from growing. And I've, I'm so glad that uh, towards the end of this month, we're going to be uh, actually populating the public policy board with really good libertarians that are going to have a really good message. We're going to start being 
we're going to really start communicating to people the the definition of the word libertarian, and I think it's going to appeal to a lot of people. I did will say that the other half of the people that I talked to, you know, Republicans would all like every other Republican would, you know, kind of pull me aside and be like, hey, Mr. Libertarian here in the group, um, you know, I'm actually a libertarian, too. And it's 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 so tragic that they're not in our party. They're not in a group that, you know, bears the name of what they say they are. Uh, we. We're going to have to fix that. But, uh, well, I mean, I was aware that there was a libertarian party for a long time. I think because I was libertarian when I was in high school, which I think we'll probably get to. The guy was aware of Mises and Rothbard and all these things. And I went to a couple libertarian events and I found them to be not satisfactory, I guess, to uh, say the least. So. I think that the transition of like how we actually joined the Libertarian Party and like how we decided to alter it maybe is maybe where we're going to get to. Yeah. And uh, just to give you an idea, we alluded to that the Libertarian Party of Oregon is just now been, being able to speak freely about issues. That kind of gets to, you know, where the – the party has been for the last 10 years. Uh, essentially, if I had to give you guys the short version of where we're coming from, uh, about, uh, I think it was around 2008, 2009, there were two two people in the Libertarian Party that were kind of at odds that I think, honestly, maybe at least one of them probably had some signs of mental illness, but the what happened was that one faction decided to violate the by uh, some some rules or some bylaws to hold a meeting, and then another group essentially decided to uh, undo what they did and violate some rules themselves to make sure that their faction was the the real faction, and it created a split between two personalities essentially that weren't able to come together and for the good of the party, try to settle their differences. And they engaged in lawfare against each other for the over a decade. Spent, uh, from what I hear, hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal fees, destroyed the party in, in essentially a civil war. Uh, you know, obviously not with actual violence, but with, but with lawyering, but they destroyed the the membership the the reputation of the party uh, there was a crisis to figure out which faction was the real libertarian party of oregon based off the fact that both sides had some levels of rule violations uh and it essentially ushered the libertarian party our state party into kind of a dark age where we we struggled to you know get 50 libertarians in a room we essentially had over a decade um of state conventions that got planned but then weren't able to reach quorum because we couldn't even summon a quarter of one percent of the libertarian party of oregon into one space at any one given time and in 2019 one faction had kind of started to rise to the top uh and had the ballot access and was recognized by the national party that they were the legitimate libertarian party of oregon and it, it was still very weakened, uh, still very uh, 
you know, you know, the, the, the party was still very divided at that point, but that was when, um, me, Peter, several other people too, uh, that just started joining the libertarian party and we were really dead set on the mission was, uh, restore the libertarian party of Oregon to a functional state where it's getting in money. It can, uh, support candidates. It can, you know, uh, make you know strong stances on policy and pay for policy statements and it can basically serve all the functions of a standard political party and we uh me and peter and several other people and also non-mises people too i want to give everyone credit for helping out but uh, it we, we we did provide i think a lot of the energy to help tip the scales into having the first successful convention in 2021 that in over a decade for the Libertarian Party of Oregon. So the uh, other state affiliates or state parties, sometimes they get called state affiliates, but uh, other state parties are not as far behind as uh, as we are. We are pretty far behind. We're coming from, you know, a, a place of, of weakness, but we are growing. We are, we are getting stronger. We're getting new members uh, all the time. We're bringing in members into the Discord. I, the Discord now has well over 100 people in it. Uh, we are we're, we're bringing in money. We are undoing bad bylaws that have kept our party small. Uh, one bylaw forced us all to, uh, forced us to send out paper ballots that we had to pay for ourselves to our member state party membership that has over 20,000 people, which would basically wipe out our budget every every year, and we couldn't get enough people to come to conventions to change those bylaws so we could, you know, kind of wiggle out of our straight financial straitjacket that we put ourselves in. And um, now that has changed. We have, we have, we've, we've fixed that. We've, uh, and now we're about to fix messaging, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. I guess the only thing I would add to that was um, there were a lot of us like on the sidelines, I guess you'd call them the small L libertarians that were really felt like the Ron Paul principles were about the Ron Paul movement, were about Rothbard and Mises and all these things, but just didn't want to get involved in something that we saw as, I don't know, ad inadequate of like what we thought were our principles were. So um, obviously some things changed in 2021 and a lot of that had to do with uh, Dave Smith and uh, Nick Sarwark and all that. So. I'm sure yeah. we'll kind of get into that, but by the way, for people that don't know, uh, uh, I hope you know, but look, for, for people that don't know, uh, Dave Smith is a, a comedian, uh, very prominent libertarian. He is one of the people that really helped galvanize the Mises caucus and got the word out about the, the takeover of the Libertarian Party. And he is right now, I think, really just spitting fire on the Tim Pool, uh, podcast talking about the wars and how you know we uh he was talking about how tim pool was like really trying to be positive about how donald trump didn't start any wars and uh i i think dave rightly pushed back saying like you know that's it's that's not good enough you know <laughs> like we they've gotten us expecting so little from our leaders that it's going to be, it's going to take us so long to get to a, a decent place. Like we, we, we can't accept 
you know, I like I, I want to accept progress going forward, but I, I don't want to accept these breadcrumbs. You know, like <laughs> this is not this is not good enough. We should continue ever forward and strongly forward. Uh, yeah, but he is, and also for people that may not know, he is basically right now the front runner for the uh, Libertarian Party presidential nomination 2024. Um, it's kind of an open secret that he's interested and that Mises Caucus is very interested in making him that. Um, and I don't really see any way of us not getting our way. <laughs> uh, it's sort of a uh, a colossal uh, seismic shift in the Libertarian Party in the next few years, which I don't really And also a know. better candidate. I mean, if there was a better candidate that would present itself, I mean, I think that's what Dave would say, right? Like yeah, Dave does not want to do this. He is a comedian that is part of the Legion of Skanks, and he doesn't feel that. I don't know. Like, if there was a better person that would pre present themselves that would follow the virtues of Ron Paul, then like maybe we would consider them. But he just is the best that we have currently. Sure, but I, I wouldn't even say like he's just the best they have. He's really good. Like I I really like him and the the. What we're really looking for is the strategy shift, I think, for the Libertarian Party is that, you know, the, you know, obviously we're not winning the next presidential election. Like, I, I don't want, I, yeah, I would love it if, like, time and circumstance and just, like, some crazy improbable situation happened and, and Dave ended up winning. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. But, like, realistically, I understand that that is astronomically small possibility. I, but I think the, what we're moving into here in the Libertarian Party is uh, making our high level candidates ones where we're really swinging for the fences. And some people might even say like, what's the point of trying to go for an office that high? You need so much money and so much organization. Like, why are you doing it? And the, the, the answer is for education. Uh, and to, you know, preach our message and to preach the, the, the principles of liberty and to talk about why we want these things and why they're a good idea. And I think Dave, for that, is, I can't think of anybody better, honestly. I, I, I'm really racking my brain. Like, I would enjoy uh, an erudite Tom Woods, you know, picking things apart on the granular level. Uh, I would really like Scott Horton's uh, probably almost myopic focus on anti-war uh, issues. Uh, uh, I wouldn't should say myopic. I should say laser focus, but like at the expense of other issues. Like, uh, but I think Dave really provides like a really well-rounded, articulate, funny, likable uh, candidate for president. And you know, one of the things I, I'm one of the things I'm trying really hard to not just be super bitter about other humans is that they like attractive candidates for, for president. And for whatever reason that makes them interesting to other people, like if they're tall or they're handsome and Dave's got it, you know, <laughs> Dave's not a bad looking guy. So if that's what is necessary, if we have to seduce our way to Liberty, I'm all for it. If that's what must be done. <laughs> I don't know. You think Dave's a good looking guy, Peter? I mean, he's not a bad looking man, but 
uh, honestly, like I was talking to somebody in our party earlier today about the LPNH and kind of their messaging. And something that I heard was uh, you will attract more flies with honey than you will with vinegar. And it kind of stuck in my brain. I thought, you know, we're not really looking to get the people that have been voting Democrat and Republican for the last, I don't know, who knows how long. We're trying to get the people that have sure. never voted before. And those are the people we're trying to fire up to get interested in, in our ideas. And I think that's kind of what we're going for. Sure. I I definitely don't disagree with that. Um, I, yeah, you know, the, <laughs> the um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the American people are flies, but they, <laughs> they're, they I mean, have some I think that what she was too. trying to get at is, uh, with no, the I know. Gen, I you'd like, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I, I know you weren't saying that. I was being, uh, I was being kind of sarcastic. But the, the, I, I think sometimes people need something when they're, when, when they're at that kind of that base level that like, uh, like a draw or something that's a, that attracts their attention to like focus for a few few seconds on something and hear something that some truth that then they have to grapple with. And I, uh, I, I think that you can turn some people that have been kind of asleep, you know, I don't want to start using woke unwoke analogies, but like some people that are like largely kind of like checked out of the process. Uh, and then they, they see happen to see like, Oh, there's some, you know, attractive guy talking, you know, like, Oh, what does he got to say? I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird, but I guess that kind of makes sense. Oh, does he have a podcast? Or does he have another like video? Like, like if that's what it takes, to, like that initial spark that you know that uh, that uh, that sign in the window that that uh, actually it's kind of important after you're already in the door. But once you're in the door, you know you, you you're a lot closer to the revelation uh, revelations that you need to hear than you would otherwise be. Um, but yeah, no, I. I I definitely think the large swath of America had, that doesn't vote and doesn't engage in the democratic process is, you know, rightfully sort of nihilistic about the, about the political process because they only have two options and the options both tend to like kind of sift down eventually to like authoritarianism and they're just, they're just right flavored authoritarianism or left flavored authoritarianism or, uh, and there's not really a third option, uh, for them. That's viable. I, 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 I agree. Like I, I want more of those people and I think we should try to figure out what kind of messaging reaches them. I, I was definitely in the nihilist camp in 2018. I think I was writing in like Santa Claus and for like my political candidates, I wasn't even voting libertarian because, I didn't have a lot of confidence in our party. <laughs> so um, whatever happened to me broke me out of my nihilism. I would like to do for other people, I guess. Right. And maybe we can talk about like what broke us out of that, to be honest. But uh, I think that that is important. Like, I think that most of the people that really care about liberty, like in this party, weren't liberty, like weren't libertarian party members 10 years ago. And like what what made us like feel like we needed to be involved in the political process and 
what makes us feel like we need to be more involved going forward and actually change things. Yeah. Um, I will say for me, and I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but the, I, I will say the, the fact that I knew a large passionately anti-war group was also going to uh, join a gr uh, another group at the same time as me and work in tandem to move the ball in a very um, a very reasonable direction like or a very reasonable a very reasonable task that was that I could wrap my brain around achieving was going to be worked on by people that I I felt an ideological, a strong ideological kinship with, uh, and that made me be like, okay, I'll act because my 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 efforts will not be in vain. I guess. How about you, Peter? What uh, what was what tipped you off to finally join the LP? I mean, so I became a libertarian, like many of us, like when I saw Ron Paul in 2008 like talk to Rudy Giuliani and really stand up to the military industrial complex. And that's what changed me from being a Republican to a libertarian. But I was a small L libertarian. I was involved in the background and never really got involved in major party politics like until then. But it really wasn't until, I guess, like Donald Trump, I guess, versus Hillary Clinton. And I begrudgingly I guess supported Gary Johnson, although I wasn't very excited about it, but it was really the idea of protesting against like the major party establishment and just like wanting to, and I think that's really like something that I think we should really be focused on. And I think Lysander Spooner said something that I've like posted a couple of times on our Instagram account, but I forget exactly how he, how he said it was, there's a certain element of our population that will support a candidate that is a protest vote that they know has no chance of winning, but they protest the system that exists because they know that the system shouldn't exist and it doesn't fulfill their interests and it's really anti their interests. So I think that's the type of people that we really want to look for because we don't need like 50% of the population in order to change the world. We need 10% of the population. And if we get 10% of the population that says like we need to stop paying our taxes, we need to stop sending our kids to public schools, we need to start like fighting against the state, like that's really what we should be looking for. And I guess how the conversation ended with uh, somebody that I respect very much in the party, by the way, that does a lot of great work that was saying like, you need to attract more people with honey. Like, I, I don't think honey has worked. I think that we have tried honey over the last, like, I don't know how long, and we need to change the culture. Like we need to get people to hate the state. We need to get people to not want to reform the state. We want to destroy it. So we need to get people fired up about that, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, I think that some some of the challenges that we'll run into are that people people have trouble breaking away from their their tribe, their social group. 
and that that's going to be a big leap for a lot of people. You know, people like us, us people that are already in the Libertarian Party are probably hyper selected for people that don't mind going off it, going off alone. And, you know, even if the rest of the world disagrees with them, you know, like still standing up for what they believe in. I but I will say, though, that the social aspect of us all coming together at the same time for a common purpose that I really believed in is maybe a way to tell people like, hey, you can change horses. You can you can jump off of that horse, you know, over there. That's going to lead you to destruction. You know, honestly, doesn't care about you as an individual. And you can join us where we do care about you as an individual. We do want to, you know, see you prosper. Uh, and I, I think that if we can coach in that, that's why I really like the fact that we're kind of moving the direction of creating our own culture, our own, uh, our, our own kind of like libertarian underground culture and readout for people that are not, uh, cared for by their fellow man anymore where they're looking for a group that can kind of protect them and, uh, you know, wants to move things in the same direction. Uh, right now I'm talking to a guy in Germany who's trying to, uh, trying to get out of the European union. He has a autoimmune disease that makes it very dangerous to take any vaccinations and he's already had COVID. And, uh, apparently the laws to try to leave right now or get a passport Without a vaccination, it's like uh, it's just not going to happen in Germany. But he could theoretically go through the Schengen zone to like Spain to get a passport and do all this crap. It's it's really it's really interesting right now. He's well, I'm probably going to have him uh, come to our our meeting on Sunday and talk for a little bit. Uh, but uh, uh, I really like the fact that now we we are known as a place where people can go and find kinship and find support and you know and and get help, you know uh where they they'll you know their next door neighbor wouldn't do anything for them <laughs> uh this guy and that lives in germany but he knows that you know we would generally like to hear his story and and possibly help out so um it's it's really kind of moving honestly and i really love the direction that it's uh that's taking the the group and uh i i definitely think it's the only way that the libertarian party evolves to its next form or like gains the next rung on the ladder is if we become kind of a self perpetuating, you know, cultural group that we don't just, you know, try to frustratingly get uh, someone with only who only realistically has two to 3% support in the population elected every four years. And then, then give, then get despondent and go to the four wins and then come back and repeat the process all over again. Yeah, me pretty much said what I was going to say, but this isn't just a political party. This is a movement of people that care about each other. Like, this is a group of people that, like, when things get tough, we have each other. And honestly, like, knowing all of you and knowing the Mises Caucus, not just the Mises Caucus, but just, like, meeting people in the Libertarian Party of Oregon, it's like, we care about each other, and we have a way to move forward together. Indeed. And I think that will be appealing to people as people learn that about us and start to, I think that would, re, 
the paradigm that everyone has of us is these cold, calculating, uh, Ayn Rand objectivist types is going to crumble to pieces once they see how our our party is really going to transform in the next few years, and I'm really excited about it. And speaking of transformation uh, and segues, uh, I want to let people know about uh, some of the different events that we have uh, going on uh, this month. Um, probably should have the calendar pulled up when I say that. <laughs> but yeah, we've... Uh, on the 24th, uh, September 24th, we are going to be having a um, kind of a launch uh, with the, since the public policy board will be filled, we're going to, uh, and we're going to have ability to start messaging from the state party accounts. We're also going to be launching an affiliate um, strategy, essentially a session where we're going to be kind of teaching people uh, or not teaching people, but explaining to people kind of our vision and our, uh, our how we want to approach uh, aff affiliation formation, which it basically just means group uh, formation for the libertarian groups on the county level here in Oregon. We're going to be talking about creating social media accounts, holding in-person events, trying to reach out to other people, bringing, get, creating uh, membership funnels so people can that are interested can, you know, very gradually work their way into the party where we, you know, we don't just try to lure them to a meeting and then try to stick them with like a really heavy job, like, you know, in the first, you know, five minutes in the Libertarian Party, which is a good way to scare people off. Uh, but we try to kind of ease them into activism and make them feel progressively more comfortable with doing more um, and if they're interested. But uh, that's going to be on uh, this uh, it's September 24th uh, on Saturday at 6 p.m. If you go to lporegon.org uh, uh, or lpmcoregon.com, which is the Mises Caucus site, you can go to our events or, and calendar page, and you can see all the different events that's happening. Uh, after this, too, uh, every Friday, I think we're going to try to do this podcast at 6 p.m. every Friday, and then at 7 p.m. every Friday, I host Libertarian Party jackbox game night uh and you can join that if you want play some fun computer games and such uh if you are interested in joining that uh just uh email me uh and the other members of the or email me uh, and the other members of the libertarian party mises caucus at uh oregon lpmc at gmail.com i'll make sure you get the link to that um we're also going to, on the 20th, Tuesday, the 20th, we're going to be having Liberty on the Rocks at the Matador North Portland at 5 p.m. Uh, that is just a fun kind of social happy hour uh, meetup for libertarians in, in the Portland area. So come out to that. Check it out if you want. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're, what we're working on. Um, uh, I'm really excited uh, for... Uh, this formation strategy, I really see this as the work to be done over the next couple of years or next, I guess, year and a half before the 2024 presidential uh, campaign. And it's why I'm so excited personally about Dave uh, Smith running is because I know his message and how we plan to promote him as a, like a really strong educational candidate. It's going to make a lot of people interested in our ideas and in the party and what 
what we can do and it's going to bring in a massive i think influx of people and if we can in the next year and a half really work on having our county teams ready to go to receive that people and have you know an already pre-existing team ready to kind of like catch you know the the people that are like kind of firing into our party are like really excited really want to help out really want to get involved during the 2024 we can we can bring them in uh give them something to do they can have they can you know be with like-minded people that share their views uh they can uh have that camaraderie that social group that i think is really important reinforcing and one of the reasons why i think the libertarian party is kind of here in our state has kind of sputtered until now is that our our ways to connect with each other were very fragmented and broken and i think we're really working on trying to fix that now um, and i think that that's helping kind of create that social cohesion that that feeling of being in a group that you know supports you and cares about you and wants to you know kind of wants to work on a common goal yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense i agree with all that looks like we have a couple listeners here uh if we could see if anyone has any questions yeah if anybody has any questions i'll try to pay attention to the, to the call-in screen now this is a this is a really cool app that you can call in and ask questions about us uh or or the party whatever you like to talk about pretty much uh we i really would love to get more people on this podcast but uh, obviously gotta gotta be patient with these things gotta let them let them grow and uh eventually we'll i, I would like to make sure that um yeah as one of the leaders in, in the libertarian party in oregon i would like to let people know that they can come to me and ask me questions if they have anything uh that's on their mind uh or yeah and looks like we do. So Spencer, I will queue you up. And uh, yeah, go ahead. So what is the libertarian stance on abortion? You the libertarian. So sorry, say so say that last part again. Usually, what is the libertarian response on abortion? Sure. Uh, so the libertarian response on abortion, usually, uh, there, there really isn't, I think, a set one. The, there are two camps in the libertarian party that I think have really strong views one way or the other about it. Uh, one camp thinks, uh, obviously that life begins, uh, at conception. Uh, the, the other is that the, you know, the, the the rights of the the mother like bodily autonomy is a very strongly held uh viewpoint in the libertarian party and that the idea that you would restrict another human from being able to act for their own uh be able to basically decide what happens to their own body is is very uh is very worrying and troublesome and, and it's not a a value they hold obviously the the uh if we want to call it you know the standard pro-life you know pro-choice crowd the 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 counter from the pro-life uh faction as it would, would, would be called would be that the baby has uh bodily autonomy of its own and isn't just part of its mother's body uh, the the retort to that would be that the from the pro-choice side would be that they um they essentially have the right to evict 
someone else if uh someone like comes onto their property like all libertarians understand that like you have the right to evict the counter then would be that you know um the the baby couldn't consciously invite itself into the mother you know like it, it goes back and forth and i i really think that uh, i've met and talked to both sides of the debate i i have my own personal views on that uh, i think that there are people that come to both sides in good argument um i think it's really hard to drill down on uh once people become very ensconced in one of the viewpoints it becomes very hard to change their minds and the debate rages on and it doesn't look like it's coming to any kind of a head or a conclusion anytime soon um it is something that we've decided i think a lot of us in the libertarian party that there is room for both extremes uh in the libertarian party and that um since we're getting to essentially an impasse on this issue that we are going to allow for candidates to take their own personal positions on it and then we're going to run on other issues um and obviously there are going to be extremes that aren't happy about that but if we stop all political progress and all other issues to fight over this one issue then this issue doesn't get solved and all the other issues don't get solved as well and i think that if, if i could really divided... just say like before spencer sure, gets yeah. in here um really what we believe in is the decentralization of power so we believe in like bringing it down to the lowest level so uh we believe that cities and like uh town like counties should have like different rules on abortion we respect all people's autonomy we understand that most people don't agree and we should not force people to live under governments that uh think that for instance people that are very pro-life like they shouldn't have to live under a government that is murdering people and people that are pro-choice shouldn't have to live under a government that is taking away a woman's autonomy so our opinion on this is that we should decentralize this down to the smallest possible unit and curious what you think on that spencer yeah i knew it was a lot more uh individualized than just the normal democrat and republican sorry could you speak up i'm having some trouble hearing you yeah i think it was a lot more individualized than just than just uh republican and democrat yeah and i i definitely will say that i i i'm personally pro-choice but i've read the arguments ron paul makes for being uh i guess pro-life i i like to think of myself i'm pro-life too and uh, i i'm probably not for any type of like late term or mid maybe even midterm abortion i would have to think about that a little bit more but the um I I would definitely be willing to go to like if, if I could get the help of the uh, let's, let's keep calling them the pro life side but the if I could get the help of the the pro life side to help me like ending the wars and do all this stuff like I'll do everything I possibly can voluntarily to help you to to that I could do in a voluntary society to help you reduce the amount of abortions that happen like if if that's your the price you you need to like help me with all these other issues that I really care about. And, I, and uh, I, yeah, I, I'm for voluntarily figuring out a way or trying to get society as close to having 
voluntarily as few abortions as possible, like, um, you know, maybe paying mothers off saying like, like, hey, you just had a baby, like, don't abort it, we'll give you 10 grand, and we'll, we'll put it up for adoption. And then we'll ask you to do like, you know, maybe some very basic contraception, so we don't have to keep paying you 10 grand, you know, to, when you keep on having a baby, like some, obviously, that's not a perfect solution. And, and there's holes you could poke at it, but trying to figure out, you know, some kind of solution to making it less and less and less of a problem, because I, I don't know if it can ever be 100% solved. I think, um, I think some level of, uh, you know, um, prohibition on abortion is difficult to carry out in a way that isn't like just really disturbingly authoritarian. But the um, yeah, I, I think there's I think there's ways that we can maybe get closer to an ideal world for both both parties. I guess the idea being that whatever city or county you live in should be able to have its own laws on abortion. Sure. If that's the, the solution that makes it better. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. You know, obviously I don't like the loss of innocent life. So like I am, I'm very, uh, I, 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 I'm very sympathetic with the, the desire to limit the loss of innocent life. And obviously as a libertarian too, I think most people are, but, I, I definitely don't want to be a hypocrite on that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, well, think, did you have any other questions, Spencer? That's good. That's a good answer. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate the, the question. That's a good, good, tough question that uh, should be kind of worked on. Um, cool. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap up here pretty quick because I've, I've got to do a couple things, uh, before Jackbox game night. Uh, but, want to say thanks for attending uh thanks for uh calling questions i want to thank my co-host for being with me and listening to me ramble on i i appreciate that and uh um yeah does, is there anything you wanted to say peter uh not much i guess i just wanted to say really excited about the, the new things that are going on with the libertarian party i think that the ability to especially in Oregon here, the ability to have public policy opinions is going to be very influential in our ability to really engage with the public. And I think that a lot of good things are going to come. Um, I see Travis here in the chat. Um, I think a lot of things are going to change like over the next two years. And you should be very excited about the way that the Libertarian Party is going to engage with the public when it comes to 2024 and just really happy to be here and really happy to be part of the new libertarian party that is uh, changing a lot of things. Yeah, no, I mean, just even in me and Peter's short time, I, I feel like, I feel like October, 2019 wasn't that long ago, but uh, when we first started going to these, uh, the, the board of directors meetings that, and now we essentially ended up in like the leadership positions of the state party, uh, I, I will say, I think we can both vouch that the it's it's grown and it's improved so much in that short amount of time. And we have we're relatively young, uh, young dudes. And I think we've got a, a long uh, uh, some long years to go to like watch it grow and 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 do more good and uh, really enjoying the idea of getting up to fighting shape and actually be able to move 
move the dial closer to the world that yeah we want to live in so uh yeah yeah thanks for for coming everyone um yeah i will yeah just say like yeah come check out a libertarian jackbox game night uh uh, just yeah, go to lpmcoregon.com and from the calendar link, you can probably eventually make your way uh, to the Jackbox game night. I don't want to just give out the the, the, the link uh, here on the podcast, so I would like it to be mostly libertarians that join, not just anyone. But um, if you if you really want to, you'll probably be able to make it in. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk again next Friday. And peace out. Cheers. Thanks, everybody.